0: Hey everyone, this is Sam Culpepper, bringing you the Culpepper Chronicles, where myself and special guests hope to bring you, the listener, more information in regards to self-sufficiency, fieldcraft, survival, marksmanship, gear, and theory, with the aids of not only personal experience and opinion, but historical and technical documentation as well, all in the hopes to better prepare you for impending collapse and hard times to come. Now, pull up a seat and let's get down to it. What's up, everybody? This is Sam coming to you with episode number seven of the Culpepper Chronicles. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, all the listens and follows so far. Today's episode is uh, on homesteading. So most of my episodes, if not all of my episodes so far, have been really geared towards field and guerrilla warfare and uh, things along that nature and, and the gear that goes along with it. But I would be remiss if I don't talk about things for sustainment so all of all of the stuff that we've talked about in the past and that have been on my, my channel and my instagram and everything else um is all for not if you're not working towards long-term sustainment so the reason i say that is there are a lot of people out there that will get into this prepper mindset and get into this consumer mindset where they think that they can do uh everything they need with their credit card And they look for credit card solutions to problems and that's just really not the case so buying a ton of beans and putting them away and buying a ton of uh, bullets and putting them away all of that it's great it's all generally part of it but you have to look at other factors because you can't just survive off of that so let's talk about why you would want to do any homesteading Uh, And and for the record, I am far from the world's greatest homesteader. My family and I are mediocre at best. We're small scale. We're nothing large. We've only got about an acre to an acre and a half that we work on. And even then, we don't capitalize all of it on homesteading. Because we are a family unit, we need room for the kids to play. And we try and keep a pretty generic front to the the front yard and the way it looks from the road. Uh, I don't like a whole lot of people knowing everything about us. So with that being said... I'm not coming to you as this master homesteader that lives off the land and is fully self-sustained or anything like that, Um, so I don't want you to think that way. So why do you want a homestead? Well, the main reason that you should be looking for this is long-term sustainment. Um, If you can offset, even even just offsetting your monthly grocery expenditure by growing your own uh, vegetables in the garden or processing your own chickens and rabbits for meat or or gathering your own eggs or anything like that, that right there should be a goal because that's giving you a little bit more financial independence and letting you have that money to put towards other things that your your house may need, like inline water filters or water storage or something like that, Um, as well as just it's more natural. If you, if you look at history, we did not always have consumer-based sustainment. We, we had self-sustaining systems. Families grew their own crops. They grew their own vegetables. They, they took care of their own animals and provided themselves with the animals of the, of the forest that God gave them as well as of the land that God gave them and what they raised domestically for slaughter. And that was just kind of the way it was. And someone will say, oh, yeah, well, there wasn't grocery stores before. Well, maybe we don't necessarily need all of the grocery stores and Walmarts and, and everything else um, to survive. And I would say that we don't. If anything, it's made us more and more dependent on that and less dependent on ourselves and our own resources. Um, so that is one of the main reasons that you should be looking at that is because you are now getting back to a more holistic and natural way of living. Um, as well as being able to sustain yourself and your family long-term. If you have a sustainable system that's constantly feeding back on itself and constantly providing, and it may not always provide immensely, but enough to survive off of, um, that's going to prepare you better for the long term where you've got this low-intensity, long-duration episode or conflict, and that is a uh, ISG level or level or top three. I'm trying to remember exactly how they uh, explain it. Disaster. If you ever want to look into integrated skills group. They've got a great uh, leveling or or top system that they they classify everything in. Um, But you're looking at a a long duration, low intensity with sporadic high intensity, difficult situation. So you're having to provide for yourself and your family for a long term. You're not always going to have grocery stores to fall back on. Uh, Supply lines are going to diminish. It's just going to be the way it is. You're going to be looking at growing your own and sharing within your community. So... One of the things that I always see people ask is, well, how do I get into it? You've just got to have a want. You've got you've to gotta wake up and say, hey, I want to do this. I want to figure out how. You've got Google at your fingertips. If you're listening to your phone right now, you've got Google at your fingertips. Google different ways that people have begun homesteading. You don't have to start off large scale. You can start off with you know two or four chickens in your yard and a little bitty herb garden. Um, you don't have to be large scale. I mean we're not large scale by any means. I'm an aw- absolutely awful gardener. Um, I only managed to, to basically yield some sweet potatoes and some odd vegetables. Uh, so far this year, I'm still working on it. I'm just not the greatest gardener, but we've got, you know, 12 or so hens and a couple or one rooster, uh, and like 12 or so hens. And we average about, you know, five to 10 eggs a day. Well, even just living off eggs alone, my family could live off of that if it was sustainable. Um, it wouldn't be an ideal diet, but we could do it. So how do you get into it? You just got to have a want. You, you've got to you've gotta wake up and you have the drive to say, okay, today I'm going to make steps towards being more self-sustaining. Um, and that, the biggest issue I always see people come up with is location. Well, I don't live on an acre or a half acre or a quarter acre. I live in an apartment. Look, there are tons of people that I know that live in apartments and they still grow their own vegetables. They can't have chickens because, or and some of them can. It kind of depends on how it's laid out um, and the way that the, the property is managed. But for the most part, they don't have animals. <clears throat> but they do grow their own vegetables. And they do it in like a five-gallon bucket that they set out on the terrace and, you know, twice a day let them sun or water it, however they do it and bring them back in and tend to them and they get really high yields for that and it's honestly very impressive and it's something i've looked at i'm looking at doing is just adding a different method of gardening via five gallon buckets and trying that to where you don't have as much ground uh, deterioration as well as weed grow up and stuff like that so don't feel like you have to have this big property uh that you can cultivate off of because you don't um back to the bucket saying that's really just kind of been the coolest way that I've seen people uh, really utilize and manage their their property and, and their area that they have is I have a good friend uh, I talk to him just about daily anymore um, you may have seen him on Instagram prior and that was the partisan physician I'm hoping to have him on for a wilderness medical uh, podcast at some point but he was telling me that you know in their little fenced in backyard area because they don't own the property. I, I, I'm wanting to say that they, he told me they rent. He could not necessarily break up the ground because of the way the, the the lease was. So he did the buckets and he had like 10 or 15 buckets of various types of uh, plants that he just grew immense yields off of. It was it was very impressive. I was very happy for him. So don't feel like because of where you are, you can't do this. There are ways to do it. You just need to to look up ways that other people are doing it in your similar situation pick up a farmer's almanac figure out what you're supposed to plant and when you're supposed to plant it and just follow that sucker like it's it's the gardening bible because that's what it is what you absolutely have to make sure you have though is water and really water is the key thing but sunlight if you're going to be growing vegetables if you just have animals regardless everything needs water water is the absolute cornerstone to all of that so if you're someone like me who has municipal water sources, it's not that big of a deal, but you need to be coming up with other ways of sustaining that water when you do not have water sources available from municipal power supply. So what that would be is something as simple as rain catch. Rain catch is what we do or and what we're steadily setting up for is uh, you have a gutter system that downspouts into like a big 55 gallon food grade drum and water every time it rains runs off the roof goes down the gutter into the bucket or the barrel and that fills it up and you can set up with multiple barrels in a different system so you don't have overflow and you're you're retaining at minimum 55 gallons of water at a time now depending on how you have it set up it takes a while to fill up those barrels sometimes it fills up in a day it just depends on how the rain is in your area um but that is a very low energy expenditure way, it's a very passive way of gaining water for your plants and animals. Um, depending on how much water need you have on your property would decide kind of how many barrels you want to set up at one time. I have like one for my chickens and their chicken and their area that I use, and I've got a couple others that I'm going to set up for the garden in the spring and hopefully plan to just water strictly off, off rain as much as I can. So that is a way if you have a water source near you you can set up you know an irrigation system uh either natural flow irrigation depending on where you're at or even just a, a pump system that you can run off your car battery or something that you can pull out there and run the electric pump and pump water to where you need to and irrigate it that way there are ways to do it um but you absolutely have to have water and the main goal for all of that is sustainment like i've said over and over um, and by that, you have to have a system that's going to feed back on itself. So always be utilizing your resources. Don't throw stuff away just for the sake of throwing it away. For instance, uh, using the the ground slot from your chicken pen. You can use that for fertilizer to fertilize your garden area for the future. Or you can use it um, for burn material if you need burn material. Uh, you can use it for for all sorts of different things. And you can use, like, the scraps from so the vegetable scraps that you have after your family's ate you can feed those to your chickens and they in turn produce eggs and you in turn eat those eggs and gain energy it's all a renewing system and if you can keep that going it's a really great way of doing it um one thing we don't do and some people do is uh is meat so it's not that we don't eat meat i don't want it to sound like that we just do not produce anything for meat necessarily we have chickens. Um, we've had goats in the past that we were going to milk and ended up not. Had issues there. We're going to get goats again. I will never in my life do pigs again, most likely, because I, I absolutely hated our experience with pigs. Um, but we have chickens. So you can have chickens or rabbits. Those are really uh, low-maintenance meat sources. Um, my family, especially my wife, sees our chickens as pets. Um, not 100%, because she still fully you know gathers eggs and we eat eggs. It's not some... Uh, weird thing there, but she doesn't see them as a meat source right now. She does, however, understand that if times get hard and we have chickens and we have to feed our family, that we will sacrifice chickens when we need to, um, and allow our chickens to reproduce to to fill in that void. Which is why I generally keep one rooster. Um, we had two. We just lost one. Um, it's a sad deal because these these do end up like pets if you're not careful. But uh, we have one rooster and a lot of people don't understand the the way chickens and eggs work is chickens will produce an egg regardless of of a rooster around. That's just what they do. A hen will produce an egg um, as long as she's got nutrition and she's happy. If a rooster's around, there's a chance the egg will be fertilized. So if you pick the egg daily, you put it in your refrigerator or however, you're okay. Not a big deal as long as you eat it relatively quickly. If you don't, then it will eventually be incubated by the hen. She'll sit on it, for however long it takes, like two weeks. Um, And then, you know, egg pops open, out comes a chick, she nourishes the chick, and away you go, you've got another chicken that will eventually be reared into, hopefully, a hen, if you're lucky, if not another rooster. If it is a rooster, you can either eat it or trade it with someone else who needs a rooster. So there are reasons to keep roosters around. But the reason I say that is you have the ability, so if I had, let's say I gathered for three weeks, 10 eggs a day for 3 weeks if I was lucky and got 10 eggs a day I mean that's not necessarily the case but we'll just hypothetically say that if I put all the eggs back that we needed because we weren't eating that many a day and stored them then let's say it was getting to a point that I needed to start looking at the chickens as a source of protein outside of the eggs but we're looking at meat I would sacrifice so many of the eggs um, and or I would sacrifice so many of the hens, I apologize, and use those for meat, then I would allow the next several runs of eggs that they laid to be uh, cooped up on and then eventually incubated and produced into other chickens, hopefully into hens. So you have that sustainable system as long as you do it right. So um, I hope this helped. Uh, it probably didn't answer all the questions. This was just kind of another one of the small ones with just me talking about a certain topic. I know most people are geared more towards when I bring guests on. Um, I'm hoping to have another guest this week. Uh, I've got a couple lined up. We're trying to work out some details, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but anyways, guys, take it easy. I hope that uh, everyone's having a great day and a great life. If not, you know, do what you can to better it. and uh, Take it easy, and I'll see you all in the next one. Peace.